Hello and welcome, welcome to, to Queerly Ever After. After. We're your hosts. I'm Volly. I use they them pronouns. I'm Ria. I use any pronouns. And today we are coming to you live, recording in our in my house. We do not share a house. I do not why I said <laughs> no why I said our, but we're actually together. Ooh. But yeah, and today we're discussing last, last night, night at, at the, the Telegraph, Telegraph Club, Club by, by Melinda, Melinda Lowe. Lowe. Okay, so, um, unfortunately, I don't have any sticky notes because once again, read an ebook. I have gone insane on sticky. No- okay, not insane, but I've made up for our sticky note lack. I'm being replaced, guys. Yes, I'm the new folly. I'm sorry to say. Well, no, I'm I'm very okay. Anyways, anyways, so before we uh, get started, trigger warnings for this book: uh, racism, homophobia. A little bit of transphobia. Suggestions of an underage relationship. Underage drinking. Like, a lot of alcohol and drugs. Um, war. War, it does mention and war. A bit of PTSD and like, in that. PTSD. Also, like, immigration issues. Like, mm. deportation. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a trigger, but, like, yeah. I mean, it is still kind of... It's it's a hot topic. It is. Um, yeah, there are lots of hot topics. And explicit sex. In the book. We're not going to be talking about that because... Yeah. Like, not explicitly. We're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it on, like, a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, slight discussions of Nazis. Both, like, in the book and, like, our own conversations and, like, the KKK, too. Okay. Okay. I think that covers our bases. I think that covers it. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Do you want to start off with our summary? The summary. Okay, so this book is about, um, how old would she be? Like, pretty sure she's like 16. 16? Yeah, 16-year-old Lily Hugh, and she lives in Chinatown in the 1950s. In San Fran. In San, yeah, San Fran. San Francisco. You don't live in San Francisco. You can't call it San Fran. I can call it whatever <laughs> I want. But anyways, so she's the daughter of two immigrants from China. And at the moment, there there's an entire historical backdrop with um, the Cold War, China yeah. becoming... The Cold War, chi- the Chinese Communist Revolution, the Korean War... The space rate. Well, no, the Cold War. The Red Scare Part 2. Oh, yeah, the Red Scare Part 2. This is the McCarthy one, guys, not the anti-Bolshevik one. Um, And basically, she's just trying to navigate life as a high schooler, and she dreams of going to... um, Be a computer? Yeah, to be a computer. at, um, At NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. Just a bit of background a uh, computer was i don't know if you guys have seen the movie hidden figures but they're basically people who did all the math for nasa mm-hmm. flights before actual computers existed like honestly these people are crazy yeah. as someone who can barely do algebra um, 
I don't know Go how they did you. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Hidden Figures talked about, you know, the black woman part as part of the first moon landing, right? Yeah, there was... Yeah. It was... What's his face? Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. It was his landing. Or yeah, like his landing. Or whatever. But, like... Yeah, so many of the computers were women of color who were just ignored. Actually, the back of the book stated that, like, there was an Asian-American woman on the original JPL team, and she was just overlooked, but she recruited a bunch of more Asian-Americans, and, like, they're pretty much the reason we went into space. Yeah. Yeah. So, a bit of discussion about language. Um, They do use the word dyke a lot, because yeah. that's historical, like, terminology. And they also use the word Negro. We're not going to say yeah. that except for this one time. Uh, because that just feels gross. It feels, yeah, it's an out. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're just going to say black. Yeah. In the back of the book, the yeah. author does discuss how she uses, oh, an oriental. And the word oriental. Yes. And they're out so of much. terms. So much. They're considered offensive today, and... I wonder why. Yeah. I literally had to Google, oh my god, wait, what? The first time it was in the book. I yeah. did. Um, so yeah, okay, so basically the plot starts with Lily, um, and sort of like goes into her life as like this dutiful Chinese-American daughter who's sort of grappling with her Chinese and American identities and what's expected of her and um basically it just talks about her realizing <clears throat> that she's in love with a girl from her math class and then yeah and it also talks about her struggles with her best friend Shirley um who she's kind of grown apart with over the year apart from over the years but she still tries to hold on to that relationship you um, know i feel like every almost everyone has something of a relationship like that no yeah yeah like I this cannot be a Shirley hate club because I understand Shirley. Well, until the end. Yeah, until the end. I. Then we hate Shirley. I hate Shirley. Um, but, but yeah. So basically, she befriends this girl named Kath, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Kathleen. 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 <laughs> Catherine. I'm sorry. You're thinking of the Star Trek Kathleen. I am. I cannot remember <laughs> names. I'm sorry. Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen. But, you know, everyone calls her Kath. And then, basically, it centers... Who's Irish-American, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, isn't she also... The other half was... German? German, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, um, basically, mm-hmm. they befriend each other. And the, the, whole plot, book, the like... plot basically starts when Lily finds a newspaper clipping advertising a male impersonator named Tommy Andrews who's going to be singing at the Telegraph Club. So she's, like, captivated by this and, like, obsessed with it, and she carries it around with her, and then she accidentally drops the paper while she's using the bathroom, and Kath sees it and helps Mm -hmm. her pick it up. And based off of that, they get to talking, and they make plans to go to the Telegraph Club together. And that's kind of how the relationship develops throughout yeah. the book in the backdrop of the Telegraph Club, which is basically a lesbian bar. But it also has, like, straight tourists, which if you guys know anything about bar culture in the 50s, uh, yeah. straight people would go to gay bars to look at the people and observe and, like, kind of gawk at them. So that's kind of what's happening. And she befriends, like, 
um, some members of the local, like, lesbian community, and Tommy, and she, you know, figures who she is, like, she figures who she is, figures out who she is, is. um, and just learns about herself in a journey of character growth, which we'd love to see, guys. And at the same time, uh, at the beginning of the book, she went to a picnic with her friend, Shirley, and so suddenly her father's, like, suspected of having communist ties, and... This is not, this is, um, honestly, I really hate the American government. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they, so basically, the plot goes that the government threatens to take away, well, they do take away, um, Lily's father's citizenship papers because he refuses to sign a paper saying a patient he treated is a a communist. communist. Which is kind of what I love about the internet because now you can literally just upload those files to Google Drive. Um. Which, not a good idea, guys. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, because Google Drive can get hacked easily, but, like, the point's still there. You could have, like, multiple copies of those now. Yeah, so, let's go. The government can't deport you by, like, burning your papers. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean... Back the go- then, it was a very real threat, though. Yeah, the um, government still is a bit, how do we say, deport crazy. I know. Ah, uh, the government. Yeah. In case you haven't figured it out. (laughs) Case, um... Well, anyways, um, do we want to go into some themes? Sure. Okay, so, a few themes. First of all, okay, I put a sticky note somewhere here, but, um, at the beginning of the book, Lily's literally like, yeah, we have two teachers for our senior goals class. One of them is Miss Weinhart, who's super nice. The other one is a guy who the girls are very, uh, what's the word? who's kind of sketchy around the girls. And I'm like, oh, that's the American school system. I know, right? It's always, like... like, There's always one teacher. That one teacher. That one teacher, who everyone is like... But hasn't been fired because he's, like, 60 and best friends with the president of the school board or whatever. They literally refuse to... (laughs) No, there's some teacher. they, They, like, couldn't fire him because he had our school mascot. Something like that. It was dumb. Anyways. Anyways. Um, so... So... The first topic, do you want to just talk about the overall racism in this Yeah, book? let's talk about the overall was, racism. I, I wanted to punch a few characters here. Yeah, so... It really does talk about, like, racism within the white, like, queer community. Yeah. A lot. Because when Lily first starts going to the Telegraph Club... Um, a lot of people, because she's, like, scared, she doesn't know what to do, she kind of just sits there in silence while Kath talks. So they straight up ask Kath, oh, is she Oriental? Yeah, does Um, she speak English? Does she speak English? Like, they acted, because she was the only uh, Chinese-American, you know, person there, but... Like, they acted like she was some like other. Monkey, yeah, a pet like monkey. A, like a tap dancing. Like, didn't they put some, like, didn't New York have on display some man? At, yeah. On, was, like, wasn't he some, was he an immigrant? Yeah, America and Britain have this long history of taking people of color and putting them in cages and having them travel around the country to be examined. Yeah. It was. But yeah, especially with this, like, cartoons in the newspaper political cartoons of like um like oh, especially the japanese but also especially the japanese but also chinese americans being like monkeys or whatever yeah 
literally anyone the U.S. was at war with, they would, you know. Sometimes you didn't even have to be at war with them. Yeah. But, yeah, so it really does talk about, I feel like, how you can be a member of an oppressed community and still be an oppressor. Which, I mean, that's a, like... Like, intersectionality, guys. Intersectionality. Yeah, intersectionality. And the thing is, like, it was so rude because even if you, like, they kept going up to Lily's friend and saying, does she speak English? Like, they could have asked Lily. Straight up ask her. She's ask right her. there. And if she, like, replied in confused Chinese, then, you know, it's a no. That's, that's it. You know? You don't have to do that much to respect people. Exactly. The whole term of oriental, it's honestly, like something other exactly like um and especially this also happens when um lily and her mom go to macy's so macy's back in the day you'd have like store attendants that would like help find you fitting rooms and like clothes and stuff like they wouldn't just be on a rack you'd have to like ask for them um so basically, like, a lot of attendants treat her and her, her mom like they don't have enough money to buy the stuff, so they don't, like, let her try them on, or, um, you know, they say rude things. And, like, you know, it's still kind of sad how that still persists today. Right? Like, it, like, the book's sad and all of that, seeing that, but it's even worse, like, when you know that it hasn't changed in a lot of ways exactly and even when she doesn't face that during one trip like she still expects it to happen Mm -hmm. and so it kind of ruins the experience for her like literally there's a scene in the book where there's a magazine she's reading about chinese american like the i think the hollywood industry or something in china and it's talking about how women or women and men they're you know so like i don't know they're like perverted the culture completely they're talking about how they don't even kiss on screen they um they like to take their fingertips and put them against each other and so did they confuse them with falcons right that's what exactly like what like bro just because some people have different norms about relationships does that mean you can make fun of them yeah like i i lost it but and also, there's this interesting balance between assimilation, whitewashing, while keeping your culture. Because at the beginning exactly. of the book, yeah, she was talking about how her mom made sure not to wear the traditional Chinese dress because she wanted to be seen as more American and kind of better. Exactly. And, like, so Shirley's trying out for the Miss Chinatown competition. And she does the same thing. So while other people are wearing, like, traditional Chinese attire during their speech... She changes into an American evening dress to show that she's, like, uh, Chinese but also American and that she can, like, represent Chinatown as a Chinese-American or whatever. And it really shows how, um, you know, everyone's like, America as melting pot Yeah, but it's true. But, um, like, America... It forces you. It, it melts... That's, it melts everything from you. That's the whole point, because now people are saying we shouldn't call it a melting point. It should be a salad bowl. But, you know, it's funny because when they said it was a melting pot incorrectly, they were right. They, you know, America wants people to assimilate. They don't want you to act like you're exactly. not completely American. And even a salad bowl has issues because then 
everything's separate. Yeah. And then you just have excuses for segregation. Yeah. And melting pot, it's it's problematic, but it's the true honesty. Exactly. Um, but um, I really like how um, Melinda Lowe balanced that sort of elim- assimilation with oh, yeah. your own culture because Lily does participate in her culture. Like, she speaks Cantonese mm-hmm. fluently. Um, she'll, she, like, cook with her mom yeah, traditional dishes. She'll wear traditional clothing. Um, and and I think that food is really, like, yeah, a prominent part of this. Because so much of how she and her mom, like, interact with each other centered around food and cooking and things like that and that's how her mom like shows love but like it's really interesting because it helps a lot that chinatown's kind of this like separate chinese community yeah which helps them keep their traditions and you can see this a lot throughout the u.s where different there are like huge pockets of where and cultures otherwise i feel like immigrants would just lose be forced to lose all of it because they see no one else like them exactly yeah so it's nice but honestly i feel like once there's also that thing about racism where once um once lily went to the club and she was talking with one of the um lesbian allies that she met um what was her name i think it was claire isn't she a lesbian yeah, wait, yeah, she's a lesbian. One of her, like, one of her lesbian friends. And Claire asked her, so where do you live? And then Lily said Chinatown, and Claire said, of course. And it's, it's like, while the community's good, the fact that it's reduced to that community is not yeah, good. Yeah, that was not. And I feel like they're, eventually all the characters become nice to Lily, and, like, are a family, found family, but... It really shows that racism is based off of not knowing, you know? Yeah. Like, how many people are racist towards immigrants because they've they just never actually know. met one? Yeah, like, one person, one of my... One person literally said to, like, someone in my family, Oh, yeah, your house, you know, it's... I like going to your house because it doesn't smell like other Indians' houses. And I'm like... Do, do they not know that that's not okay? Yeah. It was a compliment, but no. It's the microaggressions. The microaggressions. But, like, until people understand and meet and, like, actually talk to and listen to people that are different, like, as we've seen in this book, it's going to be so easy to other them because the people of the Telegraph Club really other Lily at the beginning. Yeah. They treat her like an outsider, but once they realize that she's just a person with her own problems that they can relate to, um, I mean, that they, sort of goes she's away. She's basically, you know, treated as the same. Exactly. But before that, it was honestly, like, really dissettling. Yeah. And even, it was so awful, though, because even, ch- actually, I was about to go into how Shirley said that she wished that she was white, but that wasn't because of the racism. Well, a bit of it, but... It was because of the traditional roles that society forced her into, which is exactly. a whole other theme. Yeah. But on to the... Do you want to go into that? Yeah. For I think we covered all of racism. Yeah. Or most of it. Yeah. So, we've covered all of racism, All of racism, guys. guys. We solved Thank it. you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about, I don't know, like gender roles within a- the Asian community. It really hurt, honestly, because the thing is, 
I feel like a lot of Eastern culture is steeped in the idea of you want family, you want all this, so everything is made so that eventually you'll find a husband, you'll get kids, so you'll never be alone. And, you know, you'll always have people around you. But because, like, I feel like in Western culture, people are very individualized. They don't, they want to be self-dependent. I think that's, Mm -hmm. like, representative of what priorities in each culture are. Like, in Western society, you're supposed to, like, get a good education and find a good job and, like, obviously have a family, but that's not your only priority. You're mainly thinking of work at this point because we're living in a capitalist-centered society. Yay. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Jeffrey Bezos. (laughs) Um, But whereas in, like, um, Asian cultures, I feel like it's it's centered more around family. Like, the kids support the parents once they get older. They're multi-generational households. Yeah. Um, Our parents don't, like, refuse to pay college tuition and buy, like, a $200 grand something yacht. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, we literally... We literally call everyone auntie and uncle. Yeah, like, we call Um, everyone our sisters or something. It's so family-oriented in a way that I think Western culture isn't built. And it's good at times, but as the book shows, it's toxic in others. Not to say that Western culture isn't family-oriented, guys. That's not what we're saying. We're we're, we're, we're not being... (laughs) We're saying that the nuclear family is prized as sort of the sole unit. Yeah, the sole unit. Whereas... Uh, everyone should be like an island onto themselves exactly it's whereas in asian culture it's more of a group of your whole family as a unit yeah rather than individual family units that are then connected to other extended family members yeah like everyone is just seen as family it's but where where, where were we going with this and like that sort of (laughs) yeah so that plays into how like lily and shirley are expected to uh, go to college and then marry and find a husband and have kids. Like, Shirley, when asked what she wants to do with her life, is she just she wants- find a husband. Well, to be honest, it seems like she doesn't want to do that. Or more of she, it's pushed on her. Because yeah. for a brief moment, you see, like, she everyone's like, thinks- I could be an actor, I could be anything. And then she's like, and it's heartbreaking because throughout the entire book, Shirley... Um, well, so there's this thing called the Miss Chinatown contest. We mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And basically, Shirley only enrolls in it in her senior year of college. Or, sorry, senior year of high school. Because she's like, she tells Lily, this is my last chance to do anything before I have to get a husband and have kids. Exactly. Quick aside, why are they seniors and also 16 years old? (laughs) Wait... (laughs) Because they're they're very clearly sixteen in the book. Yeah, but they'd be juniors, unless they're about to turn seventeen because they started school a year early. Yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Age is weird. Anyway, but anyways, um, so there's that, and also that was also talked about by um Lily's uh aunt Judy. Judy, yeah. Or Jody. Judy. Okay, Judy. And how it was it was heartbreaking. Let me see if I can actually find it. But she yeah. talks about how after she had like her baby and she had a miscarriage, um, she felt so guilty because she yeah. thought that she had failed somehow because because she, she didn't want kids. Yeah, she wanted to go get her PhD, but she thought that she had like killed her kid because 
she didn't want them? She literally said perhaps there that that meant that there was something wrong with her and her body had known that and rejected motherhood. Like in some ways the guilt was more painful than the miscarriage. That that well, hurts. It's, it's so internalized. It that. is. And that also plays into the whole like it's interesting because this whole family unit thing it plays into homophobia because when they kind of see that you can't have kids. Exactly. And it's not the modern family, it's not the traditional family structure. So that's also another form of why it just doubles down in a lot of like non-Western cultures, the whole idea. Because at least in like Indian culture, it's it's very like the point of getting married is to have kids. So yeah. if you don't, then they're like, why bother? They don't, (laughs) like, even for couples who don't have kids, like, their parents will literally say, well, who's going to take care of you when you're old? That's not why you should be having kids. But, (laughs) yeah, like, they're seen as an investment, not as, like, an investment into the future or whatever, but, like, an investment for your own life. Yeah, which, and just to, like, not be alone, which I don't know, that. That doesn't seem, like, good. I mean, that's why arranged marriages are so popular. Like, not to say anything for or against arranged marriages, because, like, as long as they're consenting. Yeah. Whatever. Um, But, like, a lot of people do them because they want kids, and they don't want to either wait for someone that they love or whatever, or they don't really care about that. That's not their priority. They just kind of want to have a sense of bound family. Exactly. And, like, even in, actually in India, arranged marriages is interesting because, like, it's usually 20-something-year-olds who are, like, just want a family and their parent and their family set them up consentingly. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, I guess a lot of um, the idea of the West has of arranged marriages is, like, girls at like 16 yeah, and being kidnapped and forced to marry guys no you sit down and you meet him and you meet his family and then you get to like say yes or no your family will literally like what's the word trash your potential in-laws as much as they can exactly like, like they're very <laughs> brutal <laughs> so <laughs> like it's just a stereotype at this point yeah like in india that's really not the case exactly um, um, so, so, yeah, so we talked about, you know, basically how family can kind of get in the way of all that, and should we talk about the absolute, the, the thing with, uh, Tommy, and is it transphobic? I'm so confused. I mean, okay, yeah, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about that. Something, some things about the book honestly struck me wrong. Like, there's so much emphasis placed on, like, body parts and, like, their chests. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was... It, it was, was weird. It might have been because she was trying to narrate as a 16-year-old. Yeah, who's kind of girl crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was weird to me, because I just... I, I was like... I but at the same time, when Tommy went on stage, there were, like, gasps of... I can't believe that she's a woman, and okay, she's a performer. It felt a bit, it felt a bit wrong, but, but because she was, you know, a male impersonator, but then, like, yeah, it's not transphobic, but the emphasis felt very strange. Yeah. My, my notes are also very weird. Yeah, don't worry. I'm just trying to find <laughs> this one scene. Uh, which scene? 
um, the yeah. one where they're, like, Shirley's trying on the dresses. Oh, yeah, and at the same time, actually, like, was Tom, I feel like parts of the book also suggested that Tommy was maybe more trans. I feel like that was, in one line that was suggested. Yeah, because Tommy really goes by Tommy all the time. Yeah, instead of, and just cast aside um, Tommy's, or their old name, so. But then but again. But then again, I mean, people choose new names for themselves, like, yeah. and they don't have to be trans. And, like, I've, there's, like, a character on a TV show who's, like, a cis woman named Tommy. So, so I think it can be gender neutral. Yeah. Yeah, but, um. I don't know. It was. I I still kind of wish though that we got some like, what's the word? Like we could have met some more maybe trans people or bisexual people in the book. Yeah. I do wish that a bit. And I feel like it kind of did address how. Um. Like. I mean, even though they mm-hmm. say that. She, she's a male impersonator. The transphobia is so violent that they said that if any of the audience had, like the straight audience had known that Tommy was not actually a man, they would have attacked her and like arrested yeah. her. And yeah, and like how Tommy usually like people would have. The 1960s were dark times. Yeah, like, it's very representative of the whole issue with passing, because it's a safety thing, because if you look cis, then people can't clock you or whatever, which means they can't attack you because they feel threatened by, like, the loss of the masculinity or femininity or whatever, because they think that... I really think that it's because they equate biology to gender so much that if they lose that they don't know they see people as unnatural exactly yeah like honestly any cis person like who hears of hormones or like any like surgery they like gawk at it and are like oh my god that's you know you're turning yourself ruining their body yeah they're ruining and it's it really is heartbreaking honestly that they can't see that like how happy it makes people yeah like are we projecting we're projecting we're projecting we're projecting okay anyway anyway um another topic that i think oh yeah oh. the like lesbophobia lesbophobia okay so specifically so there's this idea that like all lesbians want to sleep with all of their straight friends oh yeah and I feel like that was kind of perpetuated in this book, actually. Um, I mean, it mentioned how in the yeah. history of maybe Paula or something, she said how she had a best friend who wasn't really... Yeah, and she was, like, convinced that that, that Paula wanted to sleep with her, even though she didn't. But, I don't know, there's this really weird passage on page 274 where, like, Shirley's, like, changing into a dress that she's trying on and Lily's like in the dressing room oh yeah 
And then like, it's like Lily's talking about how she never really noticed Shirley's body. But it didn't have she, to be sexual. Yeah, but now that she's kissed a girl, all of a sudden she... Exactly. Like, the book was overly sexual to me, honestly, at some parts. Like, she's, like, attracted by Shirley? Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, like, because she, she was not into Shirley. They were best friends and that was it. It was honestly just... It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. I honestly skipped that paragraph. And I think that's one of the criticisms I have of this book. It does perpetuate some stereotypes. It perpetuates some stereotypes and it leans into them too at times. Because, like, it all of... It doesn't have... We could have seen more, like, femme lesbians with, you know, another femme femme lesbians. Yes. But it leaned very hard into the femme butch yeah. idea. Which, to be fair, was a very I mean, heavy was... part of the lesbian community and the yeah. bisexual community. But... but at the same time, like, just one couple. Who's just... Yeah. Like, because not all of them were femme butch. Because every single one paired off as a femme butch. Yeah. And that's just not how it... Yeah. yeah. Also, every time there was a lesbian couple... There was also someone, like, making out or having sex in the background. Yeah. That's how all their interactions were. Like, so when Lily and her friend Kath figure out their feelings and decide to, like, get together, they kiss, and then they make out, and then they immediately have sex. It didn't... It felt weird, because I feel like Lily is seen as a good Chinese girl, and the entire progression is her becoming her, like, you know, true self, but... It didn't really make sense in that I f- context. I feel like that could be a dismantling of the stereotype that Chinese people are, like, pure That's and, like... That's true, actually. But it just felt out of character for her just because, like, she's seen as a straight-A student. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I doubt she would actually have sex in a teacher's classroom. Yeah, it that part didn't make sense to me. But I think that... It's because so many of these stereotypes contradict each other. If you want to dismantle one, you have to lean yeah. into the other one. Because, like, the idea that all lesbians are sexual while all Asian people are non-sexual. Yeah, If you want kinda... to dismantle one, you have to lean into the other. And it's going to make you look bad no matter what. It's literally so many stereotypes, there is no winning. Exactly. <laughs> so I think for what she was given, Melinda Lowe did a good job. Yeah. It's just, at times... It felt overdone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, especially there was this other scene where, uh, Lily walks into Tommy's, like, bedroom. Oh, my, that scene, I, I have issues with that scene. I don't, because it gave, I can't decide if Tommy was, like, looking endearingly, like, okay, I know you're, like, figuring this all out, I'll act like a mentor and, you know, push you aside. But then, it was kind of, with a few words, she was like, Tommy cupped Lily's face, and she was like seventeen. It it didn't feel. It felt weird. All of her senses, her being Lily, rushed to that tender spot where Tommy's warm hand was exactly. touching her. Her fingertips softly pressing against her neck. Her thumb running lightly but deliberately over her mouth. Yeah, no, that's not mentor. Sweet sixteen. There was a honeyed tone to Tommy's no. voice, a low dip to it that sounded like a secret. I don't understand the scene, to be honest. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, like, a lot of 
because of how fragmented the community was, there was a large issue with underage relationships, especially. Because, like, as other, like, the adult lesbians talk about, they went to gay bars when they were, like, 16 16, or 17. which... Which is what Lily and Kath are doing right now, just to get, like, that sort of sense of community. Um... But Tommy knows that Lily that she's definitely 16. lying about her age in sixteen, and no, mm, it, it that was not. I mean, she's in a relationship with Lana. It was weirdly sexual, but I don't think she actually was gonna do anything. She actually mentioned how once she knows Lily was intoxicated, she wasn't going to do anything. But that should not have been the line. That the un the underage thing should have been the line. She shouldn't have been like that. But at the same, I was conflicted. This scene, because at first I'm like, okay, that's just Tommy's personality, and then I'm like, no, wait. It's it's a weird scene. I mean, I don't even know how to interpret it. Because Me too. I don't... Lily is a very unreliable narrator. Yeah. Like, I think she could have been maybe picking up stuff where there wasn't any. Exactly. So... Because if the author wanted to paint her as, like, kind of in that sex crazy thing, then that could have been it. Exactly. But, because yeah. Lily, throughout the book, has a very clear crush on Tommy. Yeah. Um... So it might have just been, like, her reaction to being alone in a room with her. But, like, if that actually did happen, keeping in mind that this is a fictional book, um, <laughs> if that actually did happen, it would, it would definitely not be okay. But I honestly think Lily was just making that up in her head. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah, it could honestly just be an unreliable narrator. Because it just doesn't add up the entire thing. Which is why it's a bit confusing. Because Tommy doesn't show that... Like, he notices her age and that she's intoxicated and just tells her to take care of herself. And then there's just weird subtext added there. Exactly. Uh, unreliable narrator. So, yeah. So... Another. Do you what, want to talk about Kath and Lily's relationship? Yes, that. I feel like the beginning was really sweet, and it did make a bit of sense. A bit confusing that they just didn't notice each other until then. But I kind of, I can kind of see that though. That yeah, does happen. Because like in high I just school. straight up don't notice people. Yeah, and then if they say something cool, then you're like, oh, you exist as a person. Yeah. So yeah, that does happen in high yeah. school. So it's realistic. So basically, Lily and Kath met because they were both in an AP math class, um, with like the rest of the class being guys. Yeah. So they were told that like they wouldn't be able to do it, so they banded together to like study, and over time they befriended each other and. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um. They started walking home from school and like hanging out and getting ice cream and um introducing each other to the oh italian it was italian sherbet it was uh kath is half italian half irish oh because you took her to get gelato what how do you say sherbet sorbet it's sorbet or sherbert (laughs) okay sherbert yeah yeah okay Um, 
so they went to like get Chinese ice cream and then Italian ice cream together. Um, well, no, first they got the Italian one and then the Chinese one, but. Um, and then they just go on cute multicultural dates. Yeah, it was so nice, honestly. And like throughout the dates, they also see like kind of butch women like going throughout the city, and like you know I related to Lily because she always like was drawn to them and felt like some sort of connection. And, like... Immediately looked away. (laughs) But I think, like, just seeing someone, like, living this life that you never thought you could, even when you don't consciously understand it yourself, that's, like, comforting. Exactly. And, um... Um, the thing is, I don't like how after they, like, kissed each other, they just only had... Kissed. Like, before that, they, like, had interesting intellectual conversations... But then they just stop talking and just make out against a door. It's, it's, it's... Like, she, I feel like the author could have balanced it. Because yeah. I really love their conversations about Mars. And, okay, throughout the book, Lily reads The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. That was such a good book. Anyways. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, Ray Bradbury is my favorite author. And that tells you I'm way too attached to my 10th grade English teacher. <laughs> But anyways, um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I loved how they, like, connected over space and how they wanted to, like, do stuff that took them outside, like, Kath wanted to be a pilot. And then after that, it was just smut. Not smut, but... It was, like, light smut. Yeah, it was light smut. It was, and I, I don't know why books do this. The first three quarters are, like, slow. Yeah, and, and then, then the suddenly... last bit, they're like, oh my god, I have a page deadline. And then they, <laughs> like, which, to be fair, is what I do in an essay. But, but... <laughs> um, it, it's very rushed at the end because... Yeah, I felt like... Basically, what happens... Should we talk about, like, the ending and the plot yeah. and all that? So basically what happens is Kath and Lily are at the Telegraph Club together with all their, like, friends that they've made... And it's raided by the cops. Yeah. I mean, to be we, honest... We hate the cops We here. We were expecting this from the beginning. We were expecting it from the beginning. And Tommy gets arrested. And... Um, Kath also gets Kath arrested. Kath go- has to go back into the club as they're fleeing because she left her ID there. And... I really While didn't like it, that, though. That was... Why would she bring her actual ID? I think that was just a plot device to get her arrested by the author. I know, but I felt like a messy one. Yeah. Um, and she gets arrested, too. And as Lily is fleeing, she gets seen by one of Shirley's boyfriend's friend. Yeah, and she leaves her scarf there. But With her name on it. scarf there. It's very crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, I'm so ready for for November 19th. Why? Red album is coming out. Oh. Okay, anyways. Anyways. Oh, I heard Scarf and lost it. Um. So, once she gets back to her house, she's, like, terrified that the cops are gonna, like, break down her door and arrest her or whatever. And then, the next day, Shirley comes to see her and is like, So, someone told me you were leaving the Telegraph Club. Please tell me you're not actually a lesbian. And, and Lily then, is like... Like, Lily just feels so done with it all. And you know what? 
Yeah, I vibe Fair. with you, Lily. I vibe with you, Lily. And <laughs> Lily tells her that, no, I was at the Telegraph Because honestly, yesterday. Shirley is a debatably terrible friend. It's not debatable. Shirley is a terrible friend. Yeah, the issue is, the second I see a character has their own difficulties, I suddenly feel bad for them and feel like I understand them. But you didn't feel bad for Dr. Roos. I hate Dr. Roos. No. You know what? <laughs> I don't understand Dr. Roos, so I do not empathize. But anytime I understand anything too much, I can never blame them for anything. I mean, I guess that's but why also, we have shades of gray. Yeah, but also, she she's a jerk, surely. Yeah. Basically, she just ignores Lily. Like, you know, I can... I for can most under- of the book, because she's mad at her. I can understand some of that, but the homophobia really... Yeah. Shirley hates So basically, Shirley threatens to out her to the entirety of Chinatown. Yeah, so Shirley hate club. And then tells her mother. Or threatens to tell her mother. She basically did kind of tell her, though, right? At the end? No, Lily told her. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. And then Shirley tells her basically to never talk to her again. And, like, throughout the book, Shirley is just so homophobic. And, like, she really crossed a line when she threatened to out her to her mom. That Fun times. Yeah, never mind. I do hate her as much as Nick Lasers. Because, like... Shirley is obviously struggling with something there. But yeah. She but generally she... treats um, Lily as sort of a puppet. Exactly. Like, if Lily doesn't do exactly what she wants, then she ignores Lily for long stretches of time. And, like, she controls the entire friend group and, like, keeps her on edge. Like Exactly. And she never apologizes. And she, like, manipulates her into, like, coming into certain picnics. Like... And she, like, keeps forcing Will onto her. And it's... Will is their other friend, Yeah, by the Will way. is their other friend. And it's uncomfy. Like, a friend wouldn't do that. And also, like, Lily doesn't like what Shirley's doing. Mm-hmm. But she feels obligated to. Because they're just childhood friends. Exactly. And, yeah. It's really just... It's but, not yeah. great. After... Shirley does that. Lily tells her mom, and there's actually this line in the book that oh my Rhea god, wait! Conveniently I... put a sticky note next to. Wait, which one? No, it must be the one with this one, the heartbreaking yeah. line. Um. She, okay, so Lily is like, <laughs> I have to tell you something, and then she says, she felt the rub. She being Lily. She felt the rub of her mother's wedding ring against her skin, and her mother's face swam into focus, her brown eyes full of the sharp worry of love. And Lily thought, you will never look at me like this again. That's from page 325. And it just hits different. It hits different. different. I put two sticky notes there, and I'm like... Because that's the ultimate worry there while coming out, right? You always have to be like... Your parents will see you as someone else. You'll never be like their child again exactly and that's kind of what happens like lily's mother tells her that she's not actually gay that it's a phase that western ideals corrupted her which (laughs) if you spend five minutes looking at chinese history the whole it's kind of gay it's kind of (laughs) gay they literally have a whole fable where 
an emperor literally cut off his sleeve so that his boyfriend wouldn't have to wake up. Like, like it's so like there's so many gay samurai, right? There's there's gay samurai if you look at Japan. Yeah. Um, in Korea, they have honestly just in all East Asian culture, in all in all, in all of Asian, Asian culture. culture, like straight up, like you're not allowed to be homophobic, guys. No, do you know what is a Western import homophobia? <laughs> The, okay, why do you think the British passed so many anti-gay laws when they came to India and, like, colonized China and stuff? Everyone in, in, in India used to be, like, gender fluid. It's why can't because you... of the gays they existed, guys. Oh my god. Can you tell we're history nerds? Like, like can you possibly tell? I don't know if you... I'm not a history you... nerd, I'm just angry. <laughs> I'm the history nerd. Rhea is angry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like... Hi, it's angry, not... I'm dad. Get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, she basically tells Lily that, like, there are no gay people in yeah, this family. Yeah, there are family. no homosexuals in this family. Ah, uh, yes, the homosexual. But you know what that sounds like? I, I'm thinking, so throughout the entire, like, chapter, as Lily goes through her day, or, like, is running away from home, it keeps repeating, there are no homosexuals in this family. And I'm thinking, why does this sound familiar? There, there is no war outside Bossing Say. <laughs> there is no war in Bossing Say. <laughs> but that's literally what it is. It's just straight up gaslighting. <laughs> My brain literally just clicked. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, basically, as Ria foreshadowed. <laughs> Uh, Lily runs away after that because her mother tells her that they have to have a conversation with her father. And reasonably, Lily is like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like, she leaves. Um, and she spends a day in the rain wandering around the city before she goes to Lana's apartment. Lana, by the way, is Tommy's partner. It's nice to see that everyone just eventually, like, got over their, like, racism. Yeah. Because it, the thing is, it wasn't hate. It was, like, no one no one is hateful. They learn hate. Exactly. And, like, that was just how people, like, thought about it at the time. But once they actually met someone, they're like, this is not good, what we're doing. So it was... It's like the story of that one KKK grandmaster that befriended a black journalist and then left the KKK. Huh? It's not an awe story. He's still violently racist, but less so. What? <laughs> he, How is he still actually, violently racist? It's, it's an interesting TED Talk. So the black journalist, he sort of, he gave a TED Talk about it. And I don't remember his name, but I've watched it like a couple times. And it's a fascinating story. I was like, this is a budding friendship, but he's still racist? He's racist in the way that white people are racist now. Mm. Which, like character improvement but you don't get brownie points well you don't now i feel bad for saying oh i thought this was a heartwarming story of how one can unlearn hate but it was no. <sighs> there was actually this other guy he used to be a nazi and then he befri- he opened like a nazi music shop with like white supremacist music and stuff and then he also had other music because he had to like actually sell things yeah um so this like black teenager came in and he was like buying music and somehow they started talking and the kid told him that his mom had cancer, and then the Nazi was like, oh my god, my mom has cancer too, and then they bonded. And he closed, he like, removed all of the white supremacist music, closed down the shop, unlearned his hate, and started becoming like an activist for, um, 
like, Black Lives Matter and stuff. And, I mean, obviously that doesn't undo the damage he's done, but... But, like, people people can change. change. People can... People can change. People can do hard things. People can do hard things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Yeah. obviously this isn't as extreme of an an example because literally they just stopped saying the word oriental. Yeah. Um, But like... Which again, they were still points for doing the bare minimum. They were still nice to her. Like, that didn't change. It's just they like... Yeah, but anyways. Yeah. Stop doing the microaggressions, basically. Yeah, basically. But um, I think after that, though, to be honest, the book made me sad because yeah. basically what happens is eventually um, Lily's Aunt Judy comes to Lana's apartment and, like, takes her out and doesn't really say anything and drags her back home and she has to go home, cook the New Year's Day meal. No one's talking about her pe- her family's confused her mother is not talking to her and her family sends her away to what where is it to live in pasadena pasadena with her aunt. and like that's it and then, they're literally doing it only so she can't see kath anymore yeah like and then she it, like the book skips to one year later and she and kath are like just having hugging dinner. having dinner and like it it implies they were exchanging letters and phone calls all the way and to be honest, I kind of wanted a different resolution, but yeah, like I really thought her aunt would be a... exactly me too. I thought her aunt was gonna be some like, what's the word? Like a savior or something. Yeah, like her aunt and like her family wouldn't be perfect, but she could stay. But I feel like that really it's realistic. Yeah, unfortunately, this, this unfortunately. ending is more realistic than the picture-perfect happy ending we desire. Yeah, um, like, it, but I feel like the whole resolution was that Lily was still able to, like, send a telephone calls and letters, and we just didn't get to see that. Exactly. And I feel like we missed, like, a good part of the book because of that one-year gap. Because at that point, like, the author could have just ended it there and it would have felt the same to me. Yeah, but anyways, I think we should go through one of my really sticky, through any of my sticky notes. So yeah. Oh yeah, basically during the show, should I just go through these? I have really terrible, can I just say, whenever they brought up Lana's name, I just pictured Lana Del Rey. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Does the color coding mean anything? Uh, no, I just, I ran out of sticky notes continuously. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. We talked about the assimilation of, oh, beauty standards, too. Ah, yes, whitewashing. Whitewashing, and it's this weird line. Well, not whitewashing, but colorism is the word. No, well, colorism is... Yeah, it's it's colorism. The whole thing where you want to, like, bleach your skin or whatever. Yeah, but that, they didn't really talk about darker skin tones in this, right? Or did they, and I just... They didn't, but it's still, because, like, when you think of East Asian skin, it's not, like, Caucasian skin. Yeah. And honestly, just, it was weird, because the whole book really played with the idea of how no immigrant wants to be whitewashed, but no immigrant wants to... To stand out. Yeah, and it was this this interesting line. I think the author, like, it was good that they went over that. And, yeah, just... I really did not like the objectification of, like, all these contests where they show women and, like... 
Do you know what we need to determine who the most um, charitable and nice, like, nice and, like, best woman in America is? A By swimsuit, swimsuit contest. <laughs> like, I don't get that. Like, like, they literally give speaches about, like, what sort of charity work they like to do in a exactly. swimsuit. In a swimsuit. Like, no. How's that relevant, people? How's that relevant? Yeah, like, and they remember John Oliver did that whole segment about, okay, they say they give out scholarships, let's see those scholarships. And he's like, so there are no scholarships. <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> This entire book is just, it really touched on a lot of different things. And I think that's one of the issues with it, actually. It touched on so many things. Mm -hmm. It was rushed. Yeah, it was rushed. Because by the time, like, it got to the end, she had to tie up all of the plot. She needed more pages. Yeah. (laughs) Miss Lowe, you need more pages. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, yeah, and I think there's also, this honestly just really kind of, it echoed in me, echoed in me? With the whole immigrant experience of how, like, gender roles are just so steeped in culture from, like, from, like, your parents' home country that it's not even Western. It's literally, like, a whole other religion is carrying homophobia with you. <laughs> yeah. So that's why literally Lily, like, dolls were pushed on her. And then, yeah, so there's respectability politics with how, like, her mother... like wanted to look nice and not Chinese and the entire book honestly truly truly I don't know it's it's a good book oh and that moment where Claire asked Lily if she knew this one Asian person because oh my god yes I as an Indian know all of the more than one billion people that live in India (laughs) Remember that one tweet from that guy who was, like, from Scotland, and he got in some accent, and, the, and, like, the cab driver was like, do you know this guy? And he's like, you think I know every person from Scotland? But he but actually, he actually knew, knew that person. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. This entire book really is just internalized homophobia. Okay, I really have to ask you, why are all your sticky notes upside down? Only some of them are. It's because the sticky side's on one end, and I want to stick it there. But I did not think that far ahead when I was writing. Oh, they also talked about the inclusion. I love how the book itself debated whether the U.S. program should use Werner Braun Braun. (laughs) Like, you know, Miss Lowe, you touched on a lot. It's literally like, can we excuse the Nazis if they help us beat the commies? (laughs) Ultimately, which is worse, being a Nazi or or being being a a commie? commie. (laughs) All of America being a commie. Like, because as usual, we don't care about the minorities. We only care about winning. Like, they really used a Nazi space scientist. How? Should we trigger warning this for Nazis? Yeah, let's edit that in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to add it in the notes. We, we should probably just say it, though, to, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, it's a voice recording. We know editing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, oh my god. Brief mention of the Nazis. Also. All of them can die. Yes. Absolutely. Um, also, can we talk about the relationship between Francis and Judy? Because it's so sweet in how, like, the author uses that to juxtapose, like, juxtapose i sound like some over pretentious philosophy major (laughs) (laughs) but But, uh, the juxtapose like the standards for romance in like eastern countries versus western countries 
It was just so sweet also in the relationship. It's literally local man loves his wife. Exactly. That's my wife. (laughs) That makes me sad now. John Mulaney. I hate how you say his name is John Mulaney. Mulaney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I put too much emphasis on mule. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But, um... I know, it was really sweet, and I feel like we missed also a bit of those moments between Lily and Kath, when they kind of got into light smut. (laughs) Because, like, they kissed once in an alley, and then the next time they met, they made out in a broom closet. Or no, they made plans to make out in a broom closet. And then they actually made out in a broom closet. And then they made plans to make out in a teacher's classroom. Classroom. And And then then they they actually made out in a teacher's classroom. And well, like, they didn't make out. They, they had sex. Yeah. Um, and and it, then it the felt, raid happened. Yeah, it felt very, oh, rushed. Yes. You know, where was the longing here? Where was the pining? Where was the pining? Where was the constant? Well, you can't Look, Okay, Okay, they had pining, but like, you need you separation can't. pining. What's the 1950, 1950s equivalent of texting? Talking in person? We sound so young when we say this. <laughs> um, we really do be uh, dating ourselves here. <laughs> no, I love how we're using like references from now. Yeah. When this episode, I believe, is going to be released sometime in November. So they'll right, be like... We'll be out then. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for you guys' reference, today is what? The, what? the 2nd of August? <laughs> Wow, we are going to backlog this as much as possible. Yeah. It's because... AP classes for the win. Yay. Yay. (laughs) But anyways. Also, can we talk about... This book did the thing every single TV show with teenagers do, where they have the teenager doing all this stuff, but they're also a straight-A student. How is Lily passing AP math if she's literally always outside? No, like, every single... (laughs) Weekend, she goes out. Exactly. Somehow she sneaks out every weekend. Like, who has time for that if they're no. a straight-A student? Like, no. I'm literally always doing homework. And when I'm too. not doing homework, I'm at a club building up my resume for college. And when oh I'm not God. doing that, I'm doing, like, something outside of school to build up my resume. <laughs> like, literally. And when I'm not doing that... <laughs> you're literally stressing about school. There is exactly. no... How is Lily, like... Um... They did the Riverdale thing. They did the river. Well, at least they didn't have the, it's the serial killer gene. I thought you were going to go for, at least they didn't let Lily explore the epic high school football. (laughs) We don't actually watch Riverdale, guys. (laughs) No, you don't understand. I thought that was a joke that they- There's literally a Reddit, like subreddit, (laughs) that goes over what happened on today's episode of Riverdale. And it's the wildest stuff you can possibly think of. It's so funny. No, because I thought that meme was like, how do you say it? They just like put other text over it. But I watched the scene. <laughs> no. And it's even funnier because it starts out with some kids saying, I couldn't go to school. I was selling drugs and I was in third grade for my Nana. <laughs> and Archie's immediate response to that is, you what about know. the football, guys? <laughs> you can't kick the football. <laughs> Not my brain immediately going to me yet. Do you treat football like me? 
You trip me at. Like the, like football. A, like the football. You kick you, me at. You throw me at. <laughs> We're on Tumblr too much. We're on Tumblr too much. Well, me at's a Twitter thing, and Riverdale is a CW thing, so. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, if we going. Oh, yeah, anyways. So, just looking. Why is everything upside down? That's this what is I literally. Said. My entire sticky notes are literally just. Why racism? <laughs> that is it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, what else do we need to do after this? We'll rate the book. What does that even say? Oh, we were talking about the gays. Oh, the, yeah, we talked about the oh, gays. I love how they mentioned, like, historical things in here. Like, they talked about, what's the pulp's name? Secret. Started with SS. What are we doing? Hold up. The Pope's name? The Pulps. The Pulp Fictions. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the author, like, really did her research. Like, like, she understood. She literally, like, transposed or something the Chinese characteristics to what they would be at the time. Like, using old dictionaries. And, like, you know what? Wow. (laughs) Well, not Chinese. Well, Cantonese. And... It was honestly, like, it's, it, like, the historical part is definitely well done in this. Strange Season. Yes, Strange that, Season. Strange Season was actually a real pulp. Oh, really? And it was one of the first, like, op- like lesbian pulps that was published. And actually, that's how the lesbian pulp genre got. Pulp, by the way, pulp fiction, oh. um, is a type of genre, uh, book genre where... Books are, like, printed on really cheap, pulpy paper. Like, if you guys remember, like, in the early 2000s... The Scholastic. The Scholastics, when there'd be, like, 5,000 Goosebump books and, like, oh 5,000... Um, Shel Silverstein, like, how did he do that? Not Shel Silverstein. That's the... the no, that's the poet guy. with the circle. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. It's a ghostwriter. Yeah. No, didn't... I? He didn't actually write all those books. It's, like, a pseudonym. Just yeah. like that other series, like Magic School Bus, not Magic School Bus, Magic Treehouse. Yeah, or else, yeah, it's a pseudonym. Yeah. So Ghostwriter all... is something different, right? Well, Ghostwriter's like James Patterson. They publish it under his name and then someone else writes it. Oh. So that's what was happening. A bunch of different people were writing the books and they all published it under one fake name. Although I think R.L. Stein was like a person originally. He He is an actual person, though. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah, but Lemony Snicket is a pseudonym. Yeah, for Daniel Handler. You know, it's really weird though because like some libraries, I'll go up and I'll say Lemony Snicket, and the librarian's like Daniel Handler, and I'm like, what am I supposed to say here? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but I truly Um, do not. To this day, I do not know if Lemony Snicket, it was fake, right? What? The entire series, but it was written from the perspective that he was actually. And you know, I'm a gullible person. It's fake, Rhea. So guys, I'm very gullible if you haven't noticed. No, it's fake. Don't worry. I'd like to believe it was real. Okay. And then, um, somewhere else, she's talking about, like, this one lesbian movie. Um, And I'm like, that's actually a thing. Yeah. It was kind of weird, though, considering teacher-student. Teacher-student? Relationships. Where? In the movie. They mentioned it. What was the movie called? I hold up. There were parts. Mm-hmm. What? 
Wow, I really did read a bad quality ebook. It's so funny to me because throughout the book they just have Cantonese like <clears throat> like in the, you know, Cantonese like they letters. Have Cantonese characters. And you just did not see the translation. No, because because the PDF like cuz I was reading like an ebook that was then downloaded onto my phone. I didn't steal the book, guys. Mm-hmm. It was genuinely from a library. I just downloaded it as an ePub and then t- converted it into a PDF cuz it's easier to read that way. Yeah. It was on my phone. Um, but yeah, because it was like an electronic format, all the Chinese characters were just question marks followed by an asterisk, <laughs> but there was no actual translation, so I was so confused. <clears throat> that That's so funny to me. Well, you didn't miss out on anything in the terms of that. Most of it was like talking about food or, um, just regular dialogue. Okay. Do you, do you like have any like scenes where you just did not understand anything? No. That scene actually where she went back and she was talking to her grandmother. Her, her grandmother was literally just like, don't run away. I don't know why you ran away. Okay. Yeah, so. Cool. That's it. And I think with that, we've gone over the I whole thing. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. yeah. Is this on our shorter side of podcasts? No, actually. We're one hour and eight minutes in. Oh. Well, so. It'll probably be shorter because... Um, I mean, the book itself is... Yeah, but, like, I cut out a lot of the time when we just sit there in silence thinking. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, this was one of the, one of the shorter books, but... Truly, this is... It, it was good. It was I a think good book. It, was, it wasn't the best book I've ever re- read, but it's a good book. Like, the thing is, it just could not skim over all those topics in depth. Like, it could only, like, yeah. slide over the and surface. And that's, that's the issue with the lack of, like, minority books. Because yeah. Because they have to examine so much. Yeah, there are so many issues that, like, the author had to bring up in this. So. Because there are no <clears throat> other books to do it. <laughs> Write yeah. more POC or queer books, people. POC. Oh, I really. I mean. Is it too much to ask for is a gender it... non-conforming Indian lesbian? Why, like, genre? Can, like, why are there not more books? I simply want to see my exact life written on a page with a happy ending, guys. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Like, this book, honestly, I just, I want a happy ending. I'm sorry, but, like, like, <laughs> why am I only thinking of Cass if... <laughs> Destiel. <laughs> no, not the Destiel. No, not the, I'm sorry. But for actual ships. But, um... E-O-I-T, we, cast. <laughs> when you only go canon in Spanish. <laughs> like, you know, can we go canon in English sometime, guys? That would be nice. Please. Okay, but anyways... Anyways. Like, I just... I'm... I'm sappy. I want I want a nice ending. And even, like, I feel like Melinda Lowe knew that she wanted something that was realistic. Because, like, the, the ending of Strange Season mirrored the book itself. Exactly. And how, you know, you had all this whole idea it was building up to, like, maybe there is a, happy a good ending. ending. And then, and yeah, no, it's wrecked. No. <sighs> One... But, you know, it was still an enjoyable read. Like Yeah, it, it was a good book. I kinda I did see myself in the pages a bit, you know. Like, and I learned stuff. Yeah, about, me like, too. Chinese culture. Yeah, this was really good actually. It's like an introduction for all that, but it was good. It was good. Also Melinda Lowe also wrote um Ash, which I don't know if you've read it, but 
it's Cinderella, but what if they were lesbians? It's, oh, it's yeah. pretty good. Also, I was reading the back page, like, about the author. She lives in Massachusetts with, with her, her wife. wife. Something about, like, seeing his husband or her wife. It gives me so much serotonin. <laughs> or just they. 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 That also gives me such serotonin. We're gay, guys. <laughs> this just in. This just in. Anyway. Anyways, do we want to rate it? How yeah, many scarves? That's, that's a good plan. Scarfs. I'm gonna give this. Let's see. Out of ten. Mhm. I'm gonna give this eight scarfs. Scarves. Scarfs. Scarves. 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 Scarf or scarf. <clears throat> scarfs or scarves. Tripping over that scarf there, like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. I give it eight scarves because, like, it's a good book, but I think it it tries to deal with too much. Like she. <clears throat> or, well, she needs and more also, pages. Yeah, and I don't really get the point of some of the flashback scenes. E- yeah, like, I feel like throughout the entire book, it was referenced to, like, yeah. the war and all that, but it was done with, like, a little, such little depth that you didn't get the full exactly. impact. Well, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, guys, there are mm-hmm. flashback scenes. Oh, yeah, we completely <laughs> forgot a whole topic of war in this. I mean, because it didn't really <clears throat> talk about it enough yeah. for us to address it. Like, it was mentioned briefly, but the issue is... This book is about Lily. She doesn't know anything about the war. Exactly. So, but so, I, yeah. yeah, but, um. A solid eight. A solid eight. Yeah, me too. I'd say I'd give it an eight out of ten scarves just because I really liked it, but at times the relationship felt a bit superficial in the attempt to make it under, like, like, teenager-ish. Exactly. <clears throat> and, like, the top, some topics, like, came up and weren't addressed again like through time during the war and it was spreading itself thin but I really enjoyed it like it felt like everything was explained very beautifully and you got a sense of the whole like the whole background of it so yeah I'd I'd still recommend this honestly so would I Mm -hmm. do you want to tell the readers what we're reading next week oh yes what are we reading next week yeah let me let me look that up we're reading A Mirror of Light, I think. In, what is that about? A Memory of Light. A Memory. We're reading A Memory of Light. Yeah, you look here. up the author? Give us a five-second awkward pause where I definitely <laughs> don't look up what this is about. Um, so basically, <laughs> it's set in 17th century India. Oh, cool. Isn't it by... And it's about lesbians, but also gays. Oh. We're not going to give a bigger <laughs> summary than that. Thank you. Um... It's Who's by Brandon Sanderson and... No, that's the wrong book. Wait, is this the one with the lobsters? No, that's <laughs> a different one. Ruth Vanita. Ruth Vanita's Memory of Light. All that's right. what we're reading next week, yes. guys. So Not Robert Jordan's A Memory of Light. That is a completely different book. What's it about, though? It's the last book in some series that he wrote. Oh, the wheel of time. All right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we'll see you in two weeks for that. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to us somehow get back to Supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So yeah, this has been Queerly Ever After. Um, You can find us 
on Twitter as Queerly, Queerly Ever Pod. Are you sure about that? Hold on. I don't think that's Let right. me look up our social medias. Guys, we really know our social medias, I promise. Yeah, we, we, we promise. Okay, yeah. let's start with Instagram, <laughs> where you can find us as Queerly Ever After Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, uh, what are we? Tumblr, where you can find us as Queerly Ever After Podcast, with dashes between every word. And Twitter is at Queerly Podcast. And... What a, uh, we have a Facebook. Website. You can find us on Facebook <laughs> at Queerly Ever After Podcast. And you can look for us on our website, uh, Queerly Ever After Podcast.weebly.com, where you can, can literally find all of our social medias. Yeah, and yeah, if you want to see our very interesting bios. Do we and have interesting bios? We have interesting bios. I, I just say I'm a raging Mitski fan. <laughs> <laughs> and we're working on doing episode transcripts right now yeah i mean right now right now isn't eventually once school starts and we actually get back into like doing work and not lying around all day Uh, let us have this guys yeah let's let's have this okay well dear listener no 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 wait that's that's welcome tonight (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Recommend us to your friends. This is a very long and a disorganized. Please subscribe, guys. Yeah. Please subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. Um, We're broke. Oh, you can <laughs> also email us. Oh, yeah. Email at queerlyevereafterpodcast at gmail.com. Send us fun pictures of cats. Yeah. Send us pictures of cats, guys. We love cats. Yes. Actually, I want a cat one day. It's a calico cat. Do not cat. say it. Do not say it. And I'm going to name him Calico no. Jack Rackham, like the pirate. <laughs> Her, I guess, since most calico cats are female. And then I'm going to get a black cat and name it Blackbeard because I am obsessed with pirates. So that's all for today, guys. That's all for today, guys. Thank um, you for staying on our very on-topic podcast. I mean, we did warn them about tangents, so... Yeah, they got themselves into this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And have right. a good day. Night. <laughs> I don't know what time it is for you. Yeah, all right. Bye. Bye.